When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You know, every team's got those constraints. Um, and so at our disposal, like I said earlier, we first you start off with the players. We've got good players and good people, so you start there. And ultimately, we have a lot of um, tools at our disposal, you, you know, extensions, different things like that, where you can get under the cap and, and, and continue on. So we'll consider everything we have, and ultimately it'll be to fit our vision with the end goal in mind of meeting that talent threshold to win a championship. CT. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut off CT. Chris Thomason <laughs> wants more. Wants answers. I think he jumped the gun a little because didn't he he asked about a Jefferson extension or someone did. Then Thomason came out and Quasey kind of said, yeah, we just we don't. Oh, no, it was uh, Chipper. Chipper said, how uh, is it problematic when you're talking about making that much money? And Quasey basically said, no, he's a generational player. We're yeah, it's not what, not, we look what do at you call it, it? Opportunity. champagne problem, champagne problem, a champagne which, problem, which for I Jefferson. saw super tweet tweeted that that Tatum Everett of the Vikings then explain what champagne problem meant because there I've, i have no idea but there is that's a that's a term that's not like a made-up term champagne problem let's google this one yeah champagne. that there is something called a champagne like i i think it's you know a luxury problem perhaps because it's a good problem oh this is a taylor swift song mm-hmm. okay champagne problems yeah mm-hmm. this was a good good i'm surprised you didn't, I didn't yeah i thought you, you, were, taylor swift. I thought you were a t-swift stan nick jonas I, did it too so you know tay tay's not bad i mean she's got talent t-swift I call her Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay, you guys tight? Oh, gotcha. You guys are tight like that. That's where longtime fans call her Tay-Tay. We're tight with you guys, Vikings fans like that. This is daily Vikings entertainment here. We just want the Vikings to win a damn Super Bowl at some point before we croak. The show is presented by our friends over at TCL. TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And learn more at TCL.com. Thank you guys for making this Purple Daily one of the most popular football podcasts in America, according to Apple, in 2022. You guys are the best. A bunch of crazy Vikings fans out there. And thank you for drinking Surly Beer as well. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I mean, before I die, uh, Logic Bomb, Furious, Axeman, I could go down the line. You know what? Surly, the one thing they never are going to have a problem with is a rebuild because they have the beers already in place to win championships year after year after year. And we always appreciate when, of course, you enjoy a Surly. And then show us your cans at Jay Zolgat at Score North on Twitter. Thanks to another year of Surly being a presenting sponsor of your favorite football show. Okay, it's kind of struck me like a bolt of lightning. We were recording Mackie and Judd earlier this morning before we jumped into the Purple Daily uh, studios here. Yeah, and remarkably diff- the same. Different studios. No, we have to drive. <laughs> they, look, they look remarkably the same. It's funny. <laughs> and uh, it kind of it, it hit me a little bit yesterday when we were searching for takeaways in that KOC Quasi presser that was mostly just them trying to avoid saying anything of substance. Sure. You know, okay, okay what are they going to do here in the next few months? They have a lot of conundrums. They have older players. They've got Kirk going into the last year of his contract. They've got Hawkinson and Jefferson both up for contract extensions. There's just there's a lot to be dealt with here. And then we started talking on Mackie and Judd about, because Boone and Cyril's, Jeremiah Cyril's joined uh, Trenches that's been posted this morning. It's just those guys put a quarter in those guys and watch them go. They both firmly believe the Vikings should blow everything up. 
sky high. Kirk, everything. Just start over, rip the bandit off, just like the, the Bears basically did. And it hit me like a bolt of lightning. The Vikings have been so obsessed with competing from an ownership level. They they want to be the the Steelers, the Giants who've kind of fallen off that. The Giants were non-competitive for like five years, but they want to be every year in the mix. Nine wins, 12 wins, whatever. Just be in the mix. I think the Vikings are going to push ahead with the offense. Kirk comes back. Jefferson is under contract, but they'll get him locked up long-term. TJ locked up long-term. They'll figure out the center. I don't know if they want to pay Bradbury with the back, but they're going to basically push ahead with the offense, maybe swap Thielen for a draft pick receiver or something, and they're going to rebuild the defense. I think they're going to say goodbye to at least five guys that were starters last year all over the age of 30. Kendricks, Hicks, I think they might trade Harrison Smith. We'll see. Maybe they keep Harrison. Zadarius, they can clear a lot of cap space, new defensive coordinator, new scheme, and it can't be that much worse. They were 31st in yards. So I think on the competitive rebuild, the Wilfs, right? We got to compete while we rebuild. We can't just commit to one or the other. We got to compete while we're. Offense moves straight ahead with some tweaks. Defense gutted. Young Mm -hmm. players stepping up. Asamoah, you're a starter. Metellus, you're a starter. Patrick Jones in a 4-3, you're a starter. Draft a first-round pick. Draft an edge rusher. What, yep, yep, whatever. Yep. That's that's what I think they're going to do in the coming weeks. I think that's probably a pretty good assessment because, yes, I do not see them as as much as uh, Searles and Boone might want them to uh, nuke the franchise as far as the players go. It's not going to take place. Like they Like the Wilfs just don't do that. So – yeah, I think you're exactly right. And then I, th- I think where where the pressure comes in is the new coordinator and his scheme is going to be relied upon to develop players. And, and you know, Ed Donatel, who did he really develop? Uh, Duke Shelley stepped in and played great. So perhaps there's some credit there. I don't know. But for the most part, you know, they did not maximize anybody on defense aside from, let's say, Duke Shelley. Yeah. Uh, so... I think you're probably right. I think that they will probably go out and or they or internally with Mike Pettin, they they will put a lot on the plate of the new coordinator and his staff to because you know some of the things, some of the flaws are very fixable. Like you don't have this whole prevent defense notion of we got to pre- prevent the big explosive play. First of all, you gave up a ton of them anyway. Second yeah. of all, second of all, it's not hard to watch film and see how they got there. You know, they're playing off receivers. They're basically allowing anyone to take up the middle of the field because they got their guys, you know, back. It, it was almost like a it was almost like a three four scheme that if you go back and watch it was a three four scheme that was sort of borrowed from the principles of the four three Tampa two, like yeah. the Tampa two. But again, it takes having the right players. So yeah, I I think you're spot on. I I think that they're going to because of the decline of players and also because of the cap. I think that they're going to hit a reset on the players defensively, but I don't think that there's, I don't think the intention now is, well, 13 wins was fun, but now it's time to get back to to work, which is, which is why I won't be shocked if they also sign, if they can, if he agrees to it, cousins to a short-term extension through 24, that won't shock me because I think you nailed it. I think the fact is this team Every year this team gets in the playoffs, the stance is we could make a run. If that I don't know, there's yeah, but you know, they're rarely set up to do that. You well, know? and if they had gotten to the 49ers, it would not like I think, oh, they could have beaten them. No, they should have beaten the Giants. So yes, you are correct. Uh, but I think that the I think the Wilfs love the stability of players until they just can't play. And like they literally with I think a guy like Kendricks. They, I mean, they've taken that towel and wrung her out. I mean, there's nothing left in <laughs> almost but, but to the point where it's like if you would have, if, if some of these players like Thielen and Kendricks, if you would have, it, it may have seemed savage a year ago. It's unthinkable to trade those players and get rid of them. Well, you're almost doing them a disservice because now, the not the lasting memory, but like the most recent memory of some of these players is like Kendricks trailing seven yards behind a tight end in coverage or a running back because he can't run anymore. So. Yes, I feel like the Vikings used to be a lot more ruthless, maybe early in the Wilf tenure, about just not clinging to players and giving them third contracts and kicking the can down the road as often. That's partially but, Phil because because those guys weren't the Wilfs players. 
like, like they, 10, 20, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So, so like 2006 and seven and eight, they, they had inherited players. So like Winfield. those guys, I mean, they, dude, they booted Winfield to the exactly. curb a year or two before they probably needed to. And right? Antoine was not their guy, but, but I think where, I think where the Wilfs have a problem. And unfortunately, I guess as people, it's a good thing, but as, as um, executives, it's not is loyalty in this sport can be death. Now that does not mean that you don't bring them all back and stick them in the ring of honor, but you know, playing loyalty of, Oh, you know, give Kendricks one more chance. I'd love to go back to when O'Connell hired Donatel. And as they were going through the process, I'd love to hear the conversation about when Ed or Kevin or the Wilfs chimed in and said, this is a scheme I want, but we got to keep the players. Cause in retrospect now, that just stood out so obviously that they needed more speed, that they yeah. needed to do basically what you just said. And it's like the other thing, too, is, okay, we're going to keep. So for the last eight years, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, those three guys in particular, basically the leaders at each level, right? And more recently, Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips. Those guys have all thrived in 4-3 base defenses or base principles. And we probably should have made a bigger deal about this a year ago and maybe we're guilty of lacking foresight because, okay, well, I guess you just trust that, oh, they had some smart people conversations and they decided that these pieces can fit into a different type of a scheme. But, God, like some of these guys were part of the best defense in the NFL not that long ago and it was a 4-3 base scheme under Mike Zimmer. Now, of course, you could say, yeah, but the 4-3 base scheme under Mike Zimmer was kind of a train wreck the last two years, so let's try something different. And we were all game for it. Yeah, maybe a different scheme is going to snap some of these guys. I think it's a combination of absolutely the scheme did not fit. Ed Donatel did not make great adjustments. Kevin O'Connell also, he's the head coach of the whole thing. So if we're going to blame Zimmer for offensive gripes for all those years, you got to put some of this on Kevin O'Connell. But also you had aging players and less speed on the field than most teams in the NFL that would have made almost any scheme unworkable. So I think Donatel's, and we can get into some of the the takeaways here, I think. Like if I'm at Donatel fighting for my job this week in these candid conversations, I would say, hey, there's definitely some things I could do better. But, dude, you're giving me literally half of our defensive starters were over the age of 30 in a league where it's faster every single year, the quarterbacks can run. The receivers right. are running four, three and a half, four forties. But do you do you suppose like in the loss to the Giants that Ed was told you you have to play Hicks consistently? Like there are there were just some some just really weird things. The one where I was totally wrong, but again, coaching comes down to being wrong and, and quickly adjusting and acknowledge your screw up. I thought Daniil would thrive in the three, four uh, previously he had stood up and played well. He's a phenomenal athlete. Like I thought he would absolutely take off and, you know, from day one, it's like, well, he's learning, he's learning, he's learning. And then we got it into December and that was still what they were preaching. And at that point in time, don't you have to say, okay, it's incumbent upon you to make him as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Like at some point in time, you might be disappointed that he didn't thrive like you thought, but it's not like he's a crappy player. And that's where I think that there's coaching, and you're you're right. It goes up to O'Connell. That's where there's uh, um, poor coaching, because you can't just be like. I mean, if Ed's trying to save his job, and he says, you know, Daniil didn't really adjust like I thought he should. I'd say, screw you. It was your job to then to adjust back to what he can do. But by then, it's like if you're talking about a, a full scheme overhaul halfway through a season. Whatever I got to uh, do though with that player, I'm doing. I know, you know what it is too. You know. To his credit, and this is why I'm so surprised that the defense seemed to be stuck in in its ways, because O'Connell, for instance, Justin Jefferson before KOC was a marvelous player, right? But Kevin showed up, and he's like, okay, I got to figure out any way, shape, or form to make this guy as good as possible. And he did exactly that. And he took him from a marvelous player to a spectacular, off-the-charts, perhaps the best receiver in the National Football League. I, I, I mean, that's coaching as well. So that's where... I thought what O'Connell did a lot with the offense was super impressive because it was adaptable and adjustable. And then I watched the defense and I was like, oh, oh, you're not doing the same thing there. And, you know, for him to occasionally get mad, you know, the Detroit debacle, for him to 
That's not what I want. I want I want him to have his finger on good old Ed starting in November with we're we're good. We're far superior to what we thought. How can we maximize this thing so that so it doesn't end on a damn Sunday against the Giants at, you know, US Bank Stadium? I think it goes to show too how insanely difficult it is to build up a defense and then keep it legit year in and year out. So like Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Legion of Boom was insane. Like they had the number one defense in points for four straight seasons, which is That's absurd. Kind of unprecedented. It's it's insane. Yeah. Even when they didn't when they didn't finish first after four years, they were third when it started to erode. Like it it it, it took some time, but that was teams that went to the Super Bowl. That was teams that were in the conference championship games. That was a legendary defense. When Zimmer took things over in 2014, he actually inherited what was the worst defense from 2013 in points. Turn him into 11th overnight, which is honestly insanely impressive. And then they obviously peaked with, you know, 5th, 6th, 1st, ninth. They had a five-year run there where they were legit a top top 5, top 10 defense. So even if a new guy comes in here and inherits a defense that was 28th in points next year, what? and this is what we're all, all, what all a lot of Vikings fans are asking for, can you get to 15th? Can, can you get to be a league average defense? And then are there principles and are there staple players in there that you can expand upon to make you maybe crawl back into that top 10 for a few seasons, but it's very, very difficult to rely on that and also just project that we're always going to be a top 10 defense. I think Zimmer's defense got over the cliff maybe quicker than we thought because they went from the ninth or the fifth best defense in points in 2019 to 29th overnight with pretty much the same personnel. Um, But you, you have to make those decisions like on Winfield, like we're talking about, like on veteran players. And now, I mean, where do they go from here? And also the next guy coming in, how does he get the right players in to turn this into just at least a respectable, passable defense? Well, and people hate to hear this, I know, but you mentioned that Legion of Boom, 2013, 14, 15. What did that team have? A cheap quarterback. Cheap quarterback. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Cheap quarterback. It's, not, yeah. it's not that simple because you have to nail draft picks. And a lot of people would say, well, some of the stud players on that team were also cheap Richard Sherman and... But that team, so they had. I'm looking at their uh, their their cap for 2013. So they were able to, and I don't know how. I have to see how many of these players were drafted by the Seahawks or not. But like their third and fourth highest paid players were edge rushers. Chris Clemens was their third highest paid player. Um, defensive tackle was their fifth highest paid player. Michael Bennett was their seventh highest paid player. Camp Chancellor, a strong safety. Cliff Averill were. Nine and ten, like like half of their top ten high Earl Thomas, half of their top ten highest paid players were defensive players, and they had some. So it's not as simple as get young quarterback. Right. But the Vikings have actually devoted a lot of money to defensive players, even with Kirk Cousins' contract. But those are like some of these are like third contracts or second contracts, maybe that have gone on too long, or he kicked the can down the road. So I don't know there. How do you, this is one of the big questions. If you're going to continue to commit to paying a good, not great quarterback, big time money, which they've done for five years now, what is your plan to make that defense, like Declan said, top 15? They've whiffed since 2015 on almost every defensive draft pick that they've tried to wrangle, right? So some of it's draft failure, but it does make it a lot easier when you have a Russell Wilson 10 years ago, a third round pick making like $500,000, $900,000 to the cap. Now you have a blank canvas with all of that money. You got to hit on picks, but you can go and bring in some players or extend some players that maybe you wouldn't have been able to afford. It just, uh, boy, it makes it tough. Well, I, I think it starts with getting a coordinator who you trust almost as a co-head coach slash defense. Um, it's got to be somebody, you know, I don't know if, if Zim lost his fastball as far as identifying talent, because he, you know, they, they went through a drafting period there where Rick with, I'm sure Mike by his side did really well defensively. And then to your point that dropped off the map. So, but I really think that it starts with this. I think it starts with a coordinator who if if Kevin doesn't want the responsibility because he's going to be calling plays on offense, that guy can help identify talent and can best use that talent. Mm-hmm. And and you need to get into the habit of turning over players quicker. Uh, I partially fault Mike here because I you know I, I think Mike truly fell in love with guys. I think he fell in love with 
Smith. I think he fell in love with the idea of my veteran guys. Um, my veteran guys are going to know exactly what I want. And so they'll do what I want, which I'm sure they tried to do, but they just started to decline. But yeah, it, it's not. So we're not talking about a team that needs to be top five defensively. We're talking about a team that needs to be preferably just out, you know, 15, like, like Declan said. Because like the whole thing still is, can my defense be good enough that my offense can win games? And, you know, this this yes. also goes back to one thing that I will say a little bit in defense of Donatel's crew is this goes back to the fact that the Vikings rarely on either side of the football, offense most definitely included, put together complete games. And the reality there is this offense needs to put – this offense needs to consistently put together complete games. Yeah, You know, the disappearing act from the scripted plays to, like, I don't know, Second quarter at times, the terrible third quarters where the team was basically non-existent in games. Like, you got to sit down, parse that apart, and that has to end. Like, Kevin O'Connell was not hired here to win one-score games. He was hired here to have an offense that is going to be damn good, and it certainly has some players that have the ability to be explosive consistently. Well, one of the things, so let's let's keep going down this path of a defensive uh, kaboom. Because that's probably what's going to happen here. They're going to have a bunch of open jobs. The Legion of Kaboom. Yeah. The Legion of Kaboom. <laughs> that's what I can do. See you later. Bye. <laughs> so who can you rely on internally? There's going to be some opportunities to sign or to draft. But one of the things Quasey said yesterday is that he really likes some of the young talent the Vikings have. Some guys who are currently on special teams, for example, who could see new responsibilities going forward. So... Let's assume Kendrick's gone, Hicks gone. I think Zadarius gone. Daniil, not sure. Harrison, not sure. Then, of course, Lewis Seen coming back from a leg injury. The recovery is going nicely, but you don't know. Andrew Booth Jr., presumably healthy to start the season, but there's just a lot, lot to unpack here. Sure. Who are some players, young players on the team currently that didn't play a huge role, like they weren't defensive starters last year, but that the Vikings could say, hey, this is your shot now. You're going to be a starter. You're going to play 750 or more snaps. Uh, Brian Asamoa, you're probably going to tap him. Troy Dye, he hasn't done a whole lot in three years since he was drafted in 2020. He's a fourth-round pick, still on the team. He's a linebacker, mostly a special teams guy. Yep. Um, give him a look at some point. Or I find think jo- Josh Metellus. You know, I think you can find guys. Linebacker? Just find guys that can run. Like they, but the but the guys that are coming up to for free agency are like in their late twenties. Oh no, the, I'm no, I'm saying problem. find young players, develop them, find find the next Troy guy who's younger. Um, but but I think that you can. I'm not saying you can't get by without talent, but I am saying there are certain positions if you get athletes, which they just didn't have. Like like Jordan Hicks, God bless him, incredibly smart player, but he was no longer really athletic. Um, and so if you get guys in those positions, especially if you go back to a, a 4-3, um, I think it's doable to just get guys that are able to close the gap, that are able to run. Um, at some point in time, we are going to have to find out on scene. Can scene play? I mean, he's a first-round pick. I, I hope to God he can play. Um, Booth, Andrew Booth. Junior, if I'm not mistaken, you traded up for him in the second round with an injury history, and guess what? Oh, shockingly, he was hurt all year. Uh, but, I mean, you're going to have to plug him in and hold your breath and hope he can play. Uh, if you go back to a 4-3, Phil, as as you broached the uh, subject of what Patrick Jones can do. I mean, he certainly looks like an athlete. He certainly looks like a nice bookend for Hunter if he's still here. So it's not that they're – in great shape personnel-wise, but I do think that you can get in pretty good shape personnel-wise to run a smart scheme and have success that, again, puts you in the middle of the pack and doesn't make you historically bad. Yep, that makes some sense. Let's go through some of the other things that, just things that I had jotted down in my notes that you guys probably did too here, and then we can get to, we'll get to a random Viking of the week. We have a mock for you guys today on Purple Daily. But uh, Quasey was asked about a possible Kirk Cousins extension. He said, we expect Kirk Cousins to be the starting quarterback in 2023. 
but we don't know what shape or form that will take yet. Meaning, right? Oh, maybe he plays out the last year. Yep. They probably have to figure out too as they try to clear some cap space. Do they need to tap that contract? Tack a couple of years on. So, what did you make of? They're not. They're not non-committal. Like they're both committing to Kirk at least publicly as the quarterback for 2023. Yes. I don't think this show is going to spend a whole lot of time on will he waive his no trade clause? Like he's under contract, ironclad, unless there's a report from a Schefter or someone that says, "Ooh, actually, there's a little tension behind the scenes." I think we all have to progress forward as if well, he's the he's the quarterback for at least 2023. And the only question is, do they tack on more years? and sort of redo his contract. Yeah, and keep in mind, so Crazy and Kevin are not are n- never going to say a ton, but keep in mind, a year ago, they were much more lukewarm about Kirk's future than they were yesterday. Yeah. So I think that's relatively important because a year ago, you know, they were pressed pretty hard, but they never said, Kirk Cousins is our guy. They alluded to it, but they also, like, left the door open for potential changes. Yeah. They're not doing that now. Um, I do think that it's interesting that there will definitely be some point in time where the Cousins camp will call the Vikings about an, an extension because clearly he would probably like one for 2024 and 25. Uh, and I think that's – so I think that's the talker. Like, I think the talker of the spring and summer is that, um, not if he's back in 23. I think that's probably a given unless unless the talks just break down and there's a two sides um, exchanging hostilities, which I don't foresee. Yeah. But it seems like they are making far more of, of a commitment. And honestly, if they extend him through 24, I won't be shocked by it. But what value is that? Like, why? if they extend him through 24, then they're just committing huge money, again, unless he's doing but it did on all, a big-time discount. But they did it last year, too. Like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying what I would do. I'm saying from their standpoint. I was very surprised sense. they extended like, him last year. So they did it last year, and they got not a ton of, but certainly some relief against the salary cap. So it's not going to shock me if they extend him again. I got to think in 25, like like we talked about, I think, on Wednesday. I got to think when the Jefferson contract kicks in in 25 is when there's going to be a different, probably younger, cheaper, much cheaper QB. So maybe, okay. So you're basically saying... Well, let me ask you this. Would you at all entertain, let's say, Anthony Richardson or one of these? I don't think I don't think Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, I don't think Bryce Young, those guys are going to get drafted in the top ten. Yes. But a guy like Anthony Richardson that is a major project and has major accuracy issues, but if you could sort of hone them, could be this crazy athletic First-round grade, right? Looks like yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't could be so. an epic bust, right? I you don't, don't think, think there's so. any if a guy like that falls because if I guess if they're not if they're not going to draft a quarterback this year, and they don't have a plan to start grooming that guy, all right, I guess then lock into Kirk for age thirty five, thirty six, and oh, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know if there's a need to continue paying. Like you're hitting the mark every time you hit the market with a starting quarterback, and I'm yeah, I'm preaching to the choir here. Yep. Whenever you hit the market with a starting quarterback, that's a top fifteen starting quarterback. You pay way more than you otherwise would, right? If you could get him locked into a multi-year deal, and now the ship has sailed on this, this would have been something you do two or three years ago. Sure. If you get him locked into like a five or six-year deal, two things happen. By the end of that deal, he's actually a huge discount because all these other quarterbacks have come up for, all these other guys have hit the market. And you can shuffle money around. You can play the salary cap game. Oh, we have five years to spread signing bonuses around, and we can shift money from here to here. So that's why I say this sounds crazy because he's going to be 35. I'd rather him sign a four-year extension, like a lifetime extension, than a one-more-year extension because I'm sick of locking into like a top-five cap hit that handcuffs me from bringing talented players in to make the team better. I think the writing on the wall with the void years that they tacked on last year, I know they said we're committed to him being our starting quarterback, and I think if, if you're a betting person looking at the money line, he's – He's going to be your starting quarterback. He has the best odds of being your starting quarterback for next season. I think they're going to play this out. I, I, I truly think that adding the void years, looking at the limitations, look at his age, look at the rest of their roster. I think this is literally the last season that they're going to, they're going to ride this out. And whether, if Kirk has a problem with that, well, then let's talk. And if you want to go somewhere else, we can play it. We can help you out there. But I, I truly think 
they're going to ride out this cap hit and not negotiate it and not lower it or extend them. Yeah. So you just brought an interesting point up. Let's say you make that decision, which is a very reasonable decision, right? He's going to be 35 years old. We're paying you a lot of money this year, but we're just let's let's all let's all parties involved see how this plays out in 2023. You can hit free agency. We'll still be in the mix, but you can hit free agency. What would his response to that be? First week in March or whatever, when you say we are not extending you, would he then come back and say? Oh, I've given you guys a lot over the last five years. I'd really like to play another four or five. And if you're not going to be, I've got kids, I got a family. I'd like to know where my family is going to be for the next like three to four years. If you can't help me with that, maybe we should explore some other place that would help me with that. Would he, would what would his response be? Um, it might be that, but here's the thing with Kirk. So uh, Kirk's going to go where the money is. So if he could waive his no trade and get traded to a team that signs him to a short-term extension again, because he likes to do those, because he wants to lock in too much as much guaranteed cash as possible, he'd do that. And look, I think we're all saying what I think what you are saying, Phil, and what Declan is saying is the ideal. I would allow him to play this out too. Until the Vikings show a willingness to do that, I'm going to be skeptical. Because I think they're going to say, look, 2024, Kirk is Kirk is stability. Kirk is a guy that we know. Uh, we're still going to have Justin on a relatively, you know, fifth-year option is more expensive, but it's it's very reasonable for Justin Jefferson. Um, and then I think what they would probably do, if they're smart, if they do that, is try and trade up in the 2024 draft and get a quarterback in that draft. That's my guess. Um, I don't know at Kirk's age, I don't, he's old, but he's not a fossil. I don't know how much he would help a young quarterback behind him. Like we know now a lot of guys don't. So this, yeah. this would not be a Kirk thing, but I mean, veteran quarterback who feels like he's being pushed out. A lot of them are like, okay, kid, you learn. I'm not going to help. So, so you would kind of be, this is another risk you run because wide receivers can be very temperamental and want to oh, yeah. force their way out. We've seen it with digs. I think. You can't just walk on eggshells around Justin Jefferson, but getting him signed to an extension is a good first step. But just because you're under contract doesn't mean that you can't kick and scream and demand a trade, Stefan Diggs. Mm -hmm. of course. So at some point then, starting if, if they don't address the future of quarterback this year, starting in 2024 or 2025, which is the would be the first year that his mega extension kicks in, you would be sort of just back to the drawing board at the most important position to make him happy too. Yes. That's the, that's the other high wire act. I think it would be easier to present to him. If you had that guy in the room along with Kirk cousins, Hey, here's your current guy. That's going to get you your 2000 yards. And now you're getting to know the next guy that once he's gone, Oh, you guys know each other having a clean break. All right, Kirk, let's say Kirk plays out the year. Then he becomes a free agent rides off into the sunset and you just have like a Nick Mullins or somebody back as your backup. You're, it is a high wire act to then go in and say, all right, next year around this time, we're going to draft a quarterback and we're going to bring in like a veteran bridge guy, you know, whoever that is at the time. I mean, Kirk, Kirk as a veteran bridge guy is great, but at the money that he makes, it's just hard to continue to justify after the age of 35. Now, would you, though, have O'Connell – presently right now working on you know young qbs he likes watching Absolutely. a ton of film like Absolutely. i i go back to the point of the most important thing is you know for years this this franchise did not have someone in a big time position who knew quarterback play like the great ones do now o'connell's supposed to be a great one quarterback whisper so i think that there's a difference here like yes it's a high wire act and asking for a seamless transition is very difficult. But all of that being said, I think that the Wills feel they put themselves in position to do that yeah. with Kevin. And so, like, that's the thing, you know, because before it was like, hey, Norv Turner, go look at Teddy. Teddy, go down to Miami and have him put his damn gloves back on and throw the football. Um, you know, now that's Kevin. The other question is this, you guys. Are you intrigued at all? And would you trade a first-round pick, let's say, in 24? for Trey Lance. If Brock Purdy's the guy, and he might be, 
I love I love how cocky that that guy is. I mean, he's wired. He's wired like Burrow. He's not as good as Burrow, yeah. but he's wired like that. I love that. But I mean, you know, would a Kevin O'Connell look at a guy like Trey Lance and be like, you know what? I could tighten up the mechanics. There's a reason why he was drafted high. And I'm not throwing this out as an idea I love. I'm just saying I'm hmm. guessing all of these conversations are on the table in Egan. I uh, I think there's – so there's trading a first-round pick for Trey Lance carries a ton of risk because you don't know what he is yet. And spending your own first-round pick on a quarterback carries a ton of risk because they could be a bust, right? Yep. If, if it's going to cost me a first-round pick for Trey Lance – I would rather take the risk and get the full five years of a rookie scale contract on a guy that's new. Sure. Because if the problem with Lance is, let's say you find out that he's pretty good, but by the time you find out he's pretty good, he's up for a mega contract extension. And now you're back in the same conundrum. If he's a non elite guy that's hitting the market, you're going to have to still pay him more than you would want to. So, so again, like for me, a huge part of the value of a quarterback is getting the five cheap years. And if it's going to cost a first-round pick, I'd rather just draft Anthony Richardson or something, even though he's not a sure thing either. Do you want to see who one of the mock draft sites actually has the Vikings taking in the first round? Yes. Huh? Yes. Huh? I want a mock. Give it to me. We are stockpiling as many mock drafts as we can on this show and also on Mackie and Judd. Uh, it's your mock draft roundup. To this point, we've only done two of them this week. So, uh, Tankathon had Osiris Torrance, interior offensive lineman from Florida, going to the Vikings, and then the Athletic had Deontay Banks, cornerback, Maryland. Let's see who ProFootballNetwork.com. ProFootballNetwork. <laughs> I don't think I'm aware of this site, but I will be now. The number one pick. They have trades here, apparently. Indianapolis trades up. This happened in the Athletic, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they they traded. I think Houston traded up in one mock draft I saw with the Bears. So this is the Colts trading up to the number one overall pick. Chicago receives the 4, the 35, the 103, and a 2024 first, and a 2024 second. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm, I'm all in on that trade. If you're the Bears, you take that to the bank. The blood bank. The blood bank. The Colts select Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. Hmm. The Texans take C.J. Stroud, number two. The Cardinals get Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. The Cardinals could act. This could work out well for the Cardinals and that, like, if they want Will Anderson and the Bears trade back behind them, then they get Will Anderson. Yep. The Bears then take Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Bryce Young then falls to the fifth pick with the Panthers trading up. Interesting. Lions taking Quentin Richardson, first receiver off the board here from TCU. Anthony Richardson going, oh, this is a classic Raiders pick. Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. The athletic guy, right? So that's four quarterbacks in the first seven picks, according to Pro Football Network. Some edge rushers in here. Let's keep going down. 14, 15, some offensive tackles, some cornerbacks, edge. Jordan Addison, the second receiver off the board to the Chargers at 21. And then uh, Rasheed Rice, downfield threat from SMU going to the Ravens at 22. And that gets us to the Vikings with the 23rd pick. Selecting out of NDSU, Offensive Ooh. lineman Cody Mach. I want a mock. Mach in the mock. Mach in the mock for the Vikings. Disappointing finish aside, the Vikings showed promise in year one under Kevin O'Connell. But if they're going to ride out the rest of the way with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, the interior offensive line has to be impenetrable. That means no settling at offensive guard. Looking at you, Ed Ingram. <laughs> They already just drafted him in the second round. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they ain't doing this. In Cody, they can get a mauler in the run game with strength to dominate in pass pro. Football. Yeah. Uh-uh. They ain't doing that. You're out on this one? Well, I, I, they're out on it. 
I mean, you don't take Ingram in the second round, start him every game at right guard, and then pull the ripcord. <laughs> Dude, that would be some red flags there, right? Exactly. Ooh, uh, sorry about that. We whiffed yeah. on that second yeah, round. Yeah, we pick. whiffed on a second round pick, which would mean like uh, yeah, Booth, he's always hurt. Ingram, yeah. he just stunk. Yeah, I don't know about that one too. I, I just I would be they have I'm out. They have five young offensive linemen. We don't know yeah. what's gonna happen with Bradbury, but you will know you'll know about that before the draft hits. I don't think their first round pick's gonna be an offensive lineman at this point. But maybe a center, but yeah, I, I doubt it. Not, I'm, I'm also kind of out on first round centers unless he's just a can't miss yeah. stud. Yeah. I think the I think the Gophers kid is um is projected center as a second round pick potentially. Yeah. And like yeah. I might do that, but I'm not doing a center. I right now I think positionally, if you put a value on it, the Vikings would either go they might go cornerback, they might go edge rusher, or wide receiver. I think uh, as we talk about how do you make something elite on your team, offense is good. Maya Mackey Maya's way, like, feels very my, strongly. Give me my head rusher. Park. With Jesus, I don't That's actually what's happening right now. She is. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still, tell you in a second. Still second. done that to me, yeah. Um, but if if there was a first, if like Jordan Addison somehow fell down or one of these deep threat receivers, I think that helps make your offense closer to elite. I think that yep. would be more impactful for winning games. If you're looking to just score 30 points a game and play track meet football, I would I would rather do that than like, you know, they need an edge rusher if Zadarius is gone. They might need another cornerback, but put the final puzzle piece in for an elite offense and then and then go get your defensive players later, I guess. That is some top-notch analysis because mm. I agree completely with it. Thank That's you. That's the guys. thing is, I want a mock. The, the puzzle. Yeah. It's the defense is a blank canvas. Yeah. Like that you like you gotta start painting. But that offense, you just gotta get that centerpiece. You gotta find it. So you know, we're doing we're sitting here, we're forty minutes into a great Purple Daily episode right now, and you hear her outside my home studio here just yelling, Nutrisource. Nutrisource. Well, it's I don't know, you already had breakfast a little while ago. She had a big old scoop of chicken and rice Nutrisource. Keeps her digestive system on track, Judd, and the training treats. Can't see. I mean, she just, if I have one in my pocket, she'll sniff it out from like Look at that two face. floors away. It's ridiculous. What a doll. What a what a good dog. Who's a good dog? Who's a good girl? My is. Yeah, Stella, she is the same way. In fact, she was up at 5 a.m. this morning demanding her food. I'm like, Stella, really at 5 a.m.? She's like, darn right. And I want to go outside too so I can come inside and get some training rewards treats. But here's. The payoff, as I keep saying, yes, I get bossed around. Yes, she's a small dog. No, I shouldn't be, but she's 12. And guess what? We, we just took her to the vet a couple days ago. Dawn did. She's healthy. She's happy. And the one thing is Nutrisource plays a huge role in that. And if she's happy, we're happy too. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. They support a lot of the local, um, just like community dog and pet stores. So check them out, Nutrisource Pet Foods. Com. And before we get into a random Viking of the week, if you're looking to change your life here in early 2023, Livia is a great place to start to help you on a weight loss journey. So very true. In fact, look at that guy right there. That guy right there, he was he was once 40 pounds heavier in those pants and that coat didn't fit. But guess what? <laughs> Livia helped me get my life on track. And here's the most important thing. If you want a new year for a new you for the new year you want to keep it up right so like you don't want to lose the, the weight and gain it all back the dietitians will help you do exactly that we're talking about not a quick fix but a long-term solution and if you mention my name the guy on the left yes same as the guy on the right if you call them or get in touch and say that you want the judd offer they're going to give you 50 percent off the program 50 percent if you mention sports dad judd 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Plenty of folks in the PD family have had great success. You can be the latest in 2023, Livia.com. Bada bing, bada boom. Now it's time for the random Viking of the week here on Purple Daily. Pen and paper out. Judd's dominance lately. Declan even tried to throw up 
a lifeline uh, screen grab of some stats last week. That didn't work. It got me to a certain point, but it got Judd further guessing Robert Griffith. And he was at the game on Sunday. Yeah, that was awesome. He was. He was. Yeah. What a weird coincidence. You had uh, Mick Tinglehoff. So Judd has won, let's see, four games in a row of random Viking. Mick Tinglehoff, Michael Floyd, Warren Moon. And then before that, it was uh, Ed McDaniel, Stefan Diggs for the team of me and Declan. Yep. It's Declan's turn to sit in the hot seat. I'm going to give you guys a series of clues. You get up to three incorrect guesses each. You can ask me questions if you want. I can refuse to answer. Judd has a 44 to 25 lead all time on me and Declan combined. I don't have any screen grabs of stats for this, but I do like that twist. So I will do that next time if Declan wants to continue. Here we go, boys. This random Viking originally hails from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, write those clues down. No yeah, Google. Buffalo, okay. There's no, I don't even have a way to Google right now. My phone is right there. Not in use. Okay. This random Viking of the Week played college football in the Mac. A little Mac action huh? for this guy. And in college, he was a communications and corporate business major. Any guesses? This random Viking of the Week holds school records at his high school for most touchdowns in a game, among others. He once scored four touchdowns in one football game. Mm. Yeah. And it's also worth noting that he was uh, one of, if not the best player on a high school state championship team. Okay. 3A, Class 3A. Oh, okay. Thanks. In the state of Illinois. That's my next question. (laughs) Okay. This random Viking of the Week has 21,000 Instagram followers. Okay. Pretty active on Instagram. Only like 600 Twitter followers. Hasn't tweeted in quite some time, so he's kind of bailed on Twitter, but... Interesting. Loves himself a little gram. So he likes pictures. (laughs) Doesn't like words. Or or short vertical videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. In fact, one of his most popular Instagram posts was uh, included this caption or write-up. Throughout my entire career, I have been plagued with injuries dating all the way back to high school. I've spent half my career, if not more, on the sidelines, watching and wishing in the shadows. I've been rehabbing injury after injury. Let me tell you, though, there is a purpose for your pain. Football has left me with the lowest of lows, but also has given me the highest of highs. This passion to play football has been pressed upon my heart from the good Lord. And so I press on because even though it doesn't look the way that I thought it would, I'm still living my dream. He wrote this, obviously, when he was. When can you uh, when was that post? Can you read the whole thing? again? I'm going to keep reading. I've experienced (laughs) death, broken relationships, shattered arm, blown out knee, broken ribs, liver and kidney damage, concussions, shoulder injuries, ankle surgeries, and the list goes on. But my heart and passion have only grown. Sometimes life doesn't make sense, and this broken world brings pain and suffering. <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh at I'm. I should not be laughing. Can you tell I us, should not be laughing. Can you tell us the date of the post? When Boy, did you post I closed this? It out. Oh. I'll say sometime in the last three to four years for sure. Oh, okay. This player was undrafted. In fact, when I went to find his draft scouting report, I, you know, you Google pretty much any player that's ever played in the NFL, you blankety blank draft scouting report, and about 10 pages come up with like what people were saying about them into the draft process. There are no write-ups about this player leading into the NFL draft process. And despite that, he made a living for multiple years as an NFL player. Never played in a playoff game, though. Never played in a playoff game. This random Viking of the Week 
only had 26 touches in his NFL career, five of those touches resulted in fumbles. Those are offensive touches. 26 offensive touches, five fumbles. Only 26 touches. Yeah. He does have good bloodlines. His father played in six Super Bowls, actually. Dad was in six Super Bowls. Um... I'll take a guess. Chad Beebe? Oh, his guy! Okay, Dak, you you deserve that one. Nice win. (laughs) Nice job, Declan. Chad Beebe is the random Viking of the week here. And technically, I guess he's still still an active player, but he he was cut from the Houston Texans in training camp sometime before the season. Nice work. And he's like 28 years old now, so it's probably... Probably over for him, but Chad Beebe, former Viking, random Viking. Chad Beebe, that's fantastic. Well, his, his dad was right the play for the Bills. Don yeah. Beebe, Don yeah, Beebe. Two, he, he, he so four Super Bowls with the Bills, two with the Packers. Oh, just kind of a good uh, kick return, you know, secondary third wide receiver. And didn't Don Beebe make the infamous play tracking down yeah. Leon Lett? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he run down. Yeah. Yes. Knock yep. that ball away. Oh my God. Great stuff. All right, congratulations to Declan. My guy. Back in the W column here is your random Viking of the Week. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us here as we embark on these off-season discussions. We are your home on Purple Daily for off-season Vikings breakdowns, reckless speculation, covering all the topics from now until the start of the 2023 season. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a little feedback Friday.